Welcome back, Dog Nation, to another installment of Off the Leash. This is your co-host, Keegan Chanel, and as always, Cheeto Chibuye. We're bringing it to you live, giving you that hot fire preview as the dogs, number three in the nation, travel to Tuscaloosa, the Crimson Tide from Tuscaloosa. We got us a showdown. Get ready, baby. Uh, we need to do like remixes. All right. Cheeto, big week. I'm feeling good about it. I've done the prep work. I've seen the tape. I've looked at the numbers. I felt as good as I've ever felt, and I feel as informed on that feeling as I've ever felt. Based in Alabama. And dang, Nick Saban might not even be there. What the heck is going on? Yeah, dude, up, up to this point in the season – I don't want to overblow it any more than it needs to. It's Alabama-Georgia. We all know what this means for our season. We all know what this means in the SEC. But we've been playing up to this, and this has been a big week for the dogs in general. Not only do we have a number two and number three matchup in Tuscaloosa, um, we've been doing some work on the recruiting trail as well. And before we hop into Alabama, I definitely want to give a shout-out to five-star Amarius Mims. Huge offensive line commit. Uh, he was going to Georgia, and uh, Kirby just keeps this train moving, and that gives us a little bit more momentum on on that, at least in that space. But I know everyone is excited to talk about Alabama and get this preview underway. So let's talk about what we can expect this week. Well, the main off the bat thing we have to get into is the fact that Nick Saban. Uh, our thoughts and prayers are with him, and in terms of his health, he's come down with COVID-19. And the rules state that basically he can't coach. Like, you can do some Zoom call practice coaching, but he's not even going to be able to be involved via the rules. If they're this is a brand-new rule, because I, I hadn't even heard of it up to this point. Brand new? Yeah, I think they've made an amendment uh, recently, but it had – you know, the timing was more coincidental than anything. It's not that they saw Saban or any coach sick. They just wanted to kind of make it clear and kind of set a precedent. So Saban's not going to be involved on Saturday, really. He's, uh, you know, I'm sure he's a big part of the game plan, obviously, and he's, you know, going to be there throughout the week. But in terms of, like, in-game coaching, he's not going to be even a factor. So although I hate the fact that – uh it's because he's sick and, you know, he's asymptomatic, so hopefully he's, you know, stays healthy and whatnot. He's an older guy, so don't want anything to come ill of him. But at the same time, it definitely gives Georgia an advantage on Saturday, I think, having him be absent. What are, what are your thoughts? So, personally, I'm of the mind that a lot of people probably are. How much will this influence Alabama's game plan? Obviously, this will impact it somewhat. On one hand, this could be a situation to where Alabama's team in general is just fired up, you know, like let's do this for Saban. Not that he's right, definitely right. ill or anything, and thank God for that. But at the same time, Saban is known. I think a big chunk of his legacy is in close games, which this one very, very well may be, is, you know, making that clutch call, going for an onside kick or going for it on fourth down or a uh, trick play when you should be kicking a field goal. Those are the those are the situations in the call that have made him a college football legend. As dominant as his, 
as teams have been in the past, those are what win games. That is why he is Nick Saban. It's mm-hmm. not just the talent. It is those crucial calls and crucial moments that is the deciding factor between wins and losses. And, and in that aspect, they're losing a lot. Now, they do have a pretty strong cast of assistant coaches, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, Charlie Strong, Butch Jones, all former head coaches in their own respect. So from that vantage point, they're going to be good as far as leadership and direction. But nobody can beat Nick Saban, and they're going to miss that on Saturday, plain and simple. Yeah, I think it's an intangible X factor that's hard to replace. I mean, there's only uh, maybe a couple of coaches, period, in in any sport that you can compare to the dominance that Nick Saban's been able to produce. And like you said, what big part of his legacy is that, you know, he is that in-game wizard. He's that Gandalf of the second half, if you will. So we've seen it before where it's affected Georgia in these last couple of close games with Kirby, and that's something I, you know, I think that we should kind of remind ourselves of is that, you know, we're facing Bama. When you talk about Bama, it's almost like saying the B word, right? I had this idea for a skit, and it's like, you know, who's who's uh, Tennessee playing? Who's Georgia playing this week? It's like, Bama? You know, we kind of have this stink on Bama. Yeah, we got a stink on Bama's name, and we kind of get intimidated, rightly so. At the same time, if you look at this team and under this coaching regime, if if you will, in the Kirby Smart era, we've only really lost by a total of 10 points. And really, you can really narrow it down to a couple of plays. <laughs> so, like, the games have been close. There's really no reason to fear. And back the saving factor of him being absent, I honestly think it helps our chances. I mean, you could you could argue that it could maybe motivate Alabama or – this or that, but I think that that's kind of a big part of where Alabama gets their confidence and what drives people to that program at this point in time is the coaching pedigree. So not having that element, it's going to be huge for us. And as long as the game, today is Thursday evening, so as long as the game goes to uh, as planned and there's not a COVID outbreak, then I really right. see that, that aspect of the game really going in Georgia's favor. And, like, how could you not argue right. given his, I mean, what he's done? In all honesty, uh, dude, I really feel as good as I've ever felt going into an Alabama showdown uh, about this game. Our our defense is playing at the top of their game. Their defense is not. Their offense is hitting on all cylinders, but our offense is starting to pick up steam. As long as we can avoid having one terrible half, I I think we've got a good shot as anybody in the country right now. Now, with that being said, Alabama is not our rivals, but for us, Alabama is an obstacle for us getting to the top of the mountain. One way or another, it always seems like they're the last, the last, the last thing in our way before before we can reach that mountaintop. We don't play them a lot in the regular season. Matter of fact, the last time that we uh, beat them was in the regular season, and you got to go all the way back to 2007, uh, which I remember very vividly. I was a, I was a young bulldog then, but I remember Matthew Stafford throwing that touchdown in overtime, and. They had a huge dog pile in the end zone uh, after the or after the game was over. Without, I was watching the game with a bunch of friends. At this, uh, this girl was having a dance or whatever. We completely left the dance party and we're watching the game. And we had a dog pile in the living room. I'll never forget it. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those moments because we don't beat them a lot. But going back to some of our more recent games with them, 
you, you don't have to go back too far. We played them in the 2018 SEC Championship when they were number one uh, and we were number four, and we lost that game by seven points. Uh, Alabama beat us, and then later, no, er, okay, so that was, yeah, that was the most recent, 2018 December, but the same year in January of the National Championship, with, which I know all dogs remember, that was easily the most gut-riching loss in any sport of any team that I watched that I've ever had in my life. Hands down, not even close. Uh, on that second and 26, Tua Tungavaloa coming in at the end and throwing it to uh, Devonta Smith, who we'll be seeing again this Saturday. And, I mean, we, we had a great team that year, lost by three. Just, just a tough loss. And even going back to when Kirby was at Alabama, uh, I remember senior year in high school before I actually even got into the University of Georgia as a student. 2015, we decided we were going to wear the blackout jerseys. And it was in Sanford Stadium, and Alabama came and handed us a 38-10 to 10 loss. So, again, it's not that they're a rival and we hate them. It's just in some aspects, you know, we, we want to be them in respect to the success that they've had. So all the games – which aren't many that we've had against them. They've gotten the better of us as of late. And, you know, we feel like there's been a changing of a guard kind of coming. So this will be an opportunity for us to really be one of those, well, what do they call it, where we kind of gauge ourselves, a measuring stick type of game. And I hope that brings out the best in our team. But it's going to have to show up on Saturday and get it done. And there's just really no way around it. Yeah, I think it's a major milestone if we can kind of accomplish that. And I think that we have – Everything we need, we're definitely primed and a talent you know, set up. Having Saban not be there, I feel like is an advantage. I feel like uh, we've we've played a little bit tougher schedule, I'd argue, than Alabama to this point. We've been tested a little bit more. So, like you said, you know, Alabama's got five. And the big question I feel like for me that I'm cued into going into this game is UGA's defense better than Alabama's offense. I think that's what it really boils down to. And if you want to dig into that and really look at it like I have, uh, I would I would say craziest statistic I found about Georgia's defense, as great as they are and as dominant they are, the craziest stat line of the week for me is they lead the SEC in fewest amount of tackles. I said fewest. Now, how is a defense that – arguably number one in most statistic categories last year and is doing arguably better this year, how are they last in amount of tackles? It is because our offense is in the top five of time of possession. And of elite teams, only only a couple are in the top 25 and we're the, we're the highest ranked. And the only teams uh, other – uh, there's only two other teams really ahead of us anyway, if you really dig in the statistic, because the other teams have played more games. So if you look at teams that have played three games, we're actually number three in the nation for time of possession. So that is how our dominant defense, who is arguably the deepest defense in the SEC, has been able to accomplish the least amount of tackles to this point. So I just think that, that those are the kind of statistics that make your eyes pop out when you're looking at this team, and that speaks to Georgia's offense. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. 
So everyone who's worried about the main thing of this weakness that everyone wants to throw anxiety on about our offense, we're number three in time of possession. And we're like, I think the closest elite team would be Clemson, and they're like in the 20s. So we're doing really good in that regard. So that's huge, and that just bolsters my confidence anymore. And I've, what, well, how do you – isn't that crazy? <laughs> no, that's that's ridiculous. And you know I'm a stat guy. Like, I, I love digging into stats and, and really trying to find out what that means. And everybody who listens to this show could probably tell at this point uh, I'm a really – I'm big into stats. Now, my first thought when you said that stat, uh, I like the time of possession. I think that's a very telling stat uh, as, as that goes. But at the same time, I would say that having less tackles for our defense also means that we get off the field and maybe even turnover margin plays some role in that. Um, oh, yeah. So either way you slice it, it you know, oh, a bad stat is telling for good things for the defense. And I, I think, again, that's one of those gold stats that you can kind of harp on if you want to take away the cons of it and really focus on the pros, which I think is well, truly well, well, they're putting teams in obvious passing situations, and it's creating – you know, less tackles basically. Right. <laughs> so, so that's another thing. So it's just like any, you could slice that stat six ways, but the fact that we're doing so well on defense and we have that statistic to boot in this competitive league is crazy. And then if you look at Alabama, you know, the, the statistics don't lie. You know, they, they have given up a lot of points. They're uh, not doing so hot. And like, I think they're towards, I think they might be the very last team in third down defense. Now, is Alabama a sleeping giant? Of course. <laughs> but have they played like doo-doo? Yes. And have we played remarkably well, considering we have a uh, walk-on quarterback leading the charge? Yes. <laughs> so all that's true. So it's it's going to be an interesting matchup. And all to say, we have a ton of things to be confident about and to feel good about. And, you know, of course we can go out and play like doo-doo. And, hey, it's happened before. It might happen again. But we're uh, – we're we're primed on paper, and we're looking really good, like, going into this damn again. I have a question, though, for you, Cheeto. I've been looking at the message boards, kind of keeping my ear to the streets, and a lot of people, a, uh, and I say a lot, I say a, uh, the vocal minority is not bought in on Stetson Bennett. There's a lot of uh, people just hoping that JT Daniels or Dwan Mathis or Carson Bennett, you know, one of these other guys, ends up being our, our leader. Uh, how do you how do you feel about that? And do you think it's warranted, or do you think they're just, I don't know, just scared? <laughs> what what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's, that's a tough and, question. That's a, that's a tough question. And I, I might catch a little flack for putting it this way. Um, and I don't want anybody to get me wrong, but bear with me for a second. Yeah. What, what I see in Stetson Bennett are – different aspects, different characteristics, different qualities of a couple quarterbacks that Georgia fans are familiar with from recent memory. I see the game manager leadership style of Jake Fromm, mm-hmm. uh, of how he takes care of the ball when the ball is not snapped over his head, how he can distribute and make most most all the throws except for, you know, the dimes, Deep bombs, we, we haven't seen that arm talent from him, but short, intermediate, and long throws that are reasonable. The ball's not always pretty, but he can make the throws. I see those qualities from Jake Fromm. But then I also see 
him use his legs, his escapability, the kind of backyard football that we saw when Joe Burrow was in trouble in the pocket. Definitely not Joe Burrow talent, but just kind of the swag, the when the play breaks down, making a play out of a broken play type of capabilities. I see I see him like like smash right in between both all of those characteristics into this walk on quarterback. And and again that might be blasphemy to some, but watch him play. Time and time again, and, and that's really what I pick up from him. Now, he's going to have to be the best of both worlds if we're going to beat Alabama. Again, Alabama's defense hasn't been the dominant defense we're used to. Does that mean they won't bring pressure on Saturday and disrupt that? That We'll have to see on Saturday, but I think he's done a lot of good things, and if he can continue some of that with the offense that Todd Munkin has him in and the type of offense he's been running, we're not bad offensively. Like you said, we hold time of possession. We're somewhere between 20th and 30th ranked in rushing offense and not too, too far behind that in passing offense. So we're balanced, which is a hard thing for a defense, especially when it's not dominant, to take care of. So he's just going to have to show up on Saturday. But I think he has all the weapons and all the swag and confidence that a kid needs going to play Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I do too. I think he's got the the skill set. I think he's got, you know, we we talked to previous club a podcast, so I think he's, like, the guy for now. Like, I, I believe that still. But I've just, you know, I've been paying attention to what people are saying, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of doubters still, and I get it. But at the same time, you know, until he proves it's wrong on the field, like, you can you can point out particular plays. But, I, you know, I revisited his, his high school film tape again after the last podcast, and he, he's got plays where he's making 60-yard passes in the air, as a you know a high school senior, so like the dude, he has a pretty strong arm. Like he can throw it on the the field. We just haven't done that yet. Right, so, we haven't seen it, and that's and that's all I'm saying. And Saturday so, was a long way into proving that, or disproving what type of player he's going to end up being. And maybe the coaches, you know, they don't trust him yet. But you know, may, maybe uh, Alabama's good enough to where we have to take chances uh, early, and that's kind of what I think we're going to need to do: is stay aggressive, play like we don't have the lead. <laughs> or unless we get, you know, super heavy, we need to just run the, the clock down or whatnot. But, like, we, I think we stay aggressive. We let Stetson Bennett do his thing, you know, like trust, get George Pickens the ball, you know, keep running, keep our running game going good. We get, we're getting James Cook back this week, so that'll add, like, a nice little wrinkle. And we already know we got a stable of young backs equally qualified. So I think it's simple, you know. We keep them on their heels. We do what we've been doing. We don't try to get cute because we're playing Bama. We get Pickens a little bit more involved, and bam, there's your game. Georgia wins. Georgia wins free handily if we can do all those things. <laughs> I think I think all those things are completely doable for us, and I think we'll be successful on the offensive side of the ball versus Alabama's defense. And in my opinion, I don't think that's where the, the game's going to be won and lost. Now, well, we need offense, obviously, but the biggest matchup for me is Alabama's wide receivers and UGA secondary. Um, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people feel the same, but but I think when we go back and watch the game, that's where it's going to be decided. And as everybody probably knows, and if you didn't, here you go. UGA's defense actually leads the nation in rushing uh, yards allowed per game, thirty-eight point three, and no touchdowns have been given up by this defense in this season so far. And I think we're the only team that can boast that at this point, which is an impressive feat in itself. We're second in sacks and in interceptions in the SEC. 
But the thing is, Alabama leads the nation with 51 points scored per game. That is an issue. Normally I'd feel comfortable because, like last week, we uh, made Tennessee, like we called one of our pieces of the game to make them one-dimensional, put it in Garantano's hand, and we'll win that game. First yeah, half yeah. we struggled, first half we struggled, second half uh, the game plan worked to perfection, and we ran away with that game, 27-0 run. Now, Matt Jones is not Garantano, and this right. offensive line is probably about the same, but the problem is is that wide receiver group. They are NFL players just waiting to walk out the door and hit the draft. So it's going to be a challenge. And we saw Tennessee score on us uh, a couple passing touchdowns and some of the other teams we've played. That's really the only way people can score on us. So we're going to have to shore that up big time if if we stand a chance. Now, a big part of Alabama leading the nation with 51 points was their 63 that they put up against Ole Miss, 52 at Texas A&M, and 38 at Mizzou. Now, those teams don't have the defense that we have but they're still putting up 385 passing yards per game. So, again, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, And Jalen well, Waddle is also a threat and special team. So it's going to be a big you, challenge. You know who put on mid-30s against Mizzou? No. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are definitely some, some telltale so, signs in that number. So I'm, I'm just look, I'm looking at the numbers and how they compare, man, and it's like, you know, it just seems like it's in our favor. Like, if if if, if – if uh, Alabama's offense is only three points better than Tennessee, I know that's probably not accurate. <laughs> but if their performance against Mizzou was only three points better, then, like, that's the kind of thing we would hear about last year when Georgia – anytime Georgia <laughs> loses a game they shouldn't, these are the kind of red flags we see <laughs> beforehand. <laughs> and you're not wrong. I had the same thoughts. I had the exact same thoughts looking at how they put the points up and, you know, Tennessee did the same thing. But remember – we we this was the same storyline. You know, I'm a big defense wins championships guy. Remember during our podcast before we played LSU, yeah. I was I was right here. I said, oh, LSU's got this offense, but they haven't seen a defense like this. And what ended up happening was, as good as our defense was, our offense couldn't pull their own way. And LSU's offense was good enough to where even their average defense was good enough to beat us. So I've right. been here before, so I'm not going to jump and just say, oh, well, defense is going to be offense. If you can't score points, if you can't score points, it really doesn't matter how good your defense is unless you hold them to zero. Now, granted, we have an offense this year, but we've seen them be pretty bad for half, and you got to be I completely think, honest with it. I think our – see, the thing about that is, and I, I get what you're saying, and I think that any Alabama fan listening or hoping that they're going to be George on Saturday is going to be hoping that, you know, they're – they're, they can use the uh, Joe Burrow LSU method and just outlast us and score more points. But the only thing about that is, is I feel like this year our offense matches up much better against Bama's defense than it did LSU's defense. Hundred percent. So, so, so that, so that's huge. And then if you add in the fact that I don't know if I don't think Mac Jones is a, uh, you know, he's breaking records and all this stuff, but he's I don't think he's a I think he's great. I think he's done really well, but I think I don't think he is a Joe Burrow. And need I remind anyone that Grayson that, hey, need I remind anyone that Grayson Lambert has like the record for QBR in a in a game. You know, there's some like no name people that hold some records. So until he beats a team like Georgia, I'm not really. And hey, you know, if he does, you're gonna hear me Monday 
I'll be eating it, and you're gonna hear me praising his name, Mac Jones for Heisman. But the, but until then, he's just the Grayson Lambert preseason ranked. You know, he hasn't done it against the the big boys yet, in my opinion. So, and he I, and he's I agree. he looks he looks dirty. Hey, the eye test is there. The numbers are there, but the competition is not. So here it comes. Better get ready, son. Buckle up. Dog's on top. <laughs> All right, dog. Dog, let me. And, and I agree with you, but I, I, I gotta call. I gotta call it how it is. Like it's one thing. Knight Jones hasn't done anything yet, essentially, but. Mm-hmm. We we can't on one hand say, oh, Mac Jones isn't all that, and we've got a formal walk on and Stetson Bennett on our team, but we think he's gonna he's gonna blow up. I don't think that's I don't think that's reasonable to say. Now we may be singing a, a different tune come Saturday if he does ball, but we can't we can't knock on Mac Jones and not think Bama fans aren't gonna scoff and do the same thing with Stetson Bennett. You know what I'm saying? Like he's the mailman <laughs> to us, but nobody else in the SEC cares anything about him walking on, or we can't, you know, it's not Jake Fromm. It's not uh, right. Fields. It's not I hear it. Jacob Eason. You know, we can't flaunt, oh, our quarterback's going to destroy y'all. It, it's just that their defense is terrible. So <laughs> we have that going for us. Mike Jones got to see the best defense he'll probably see in his collegiate career. So that we have going for us. But let's not blow one up and knock one the other down. They're both going to have to show – you know what kind of progress they've made up to this point this season. Now, the way the way I see it though is that with with that said, even still, you know Stetson Bennett has killed it against better a, a little bit better competition. So while well, you're right, he hasn't really been against the big dogs. Like I feel like I feel like uh, Auburn's defense is probably better than Bama's defense at this point. So. We'll just, we'll see like if that plays a big effect, but I'm you're you're more bot than I am. That's a fair note. I'll be the uh, I'll be the antagonist here. Wait, that's what podcasts are for: debate and discussion, and, and we'll know a lot more from Saturday. But again, just just to be clear, my confidence going into this game is the defense, and I've I've uh, you know detailed why that is, and some other stats. We we're top ten nationally in ton and turnover margin. Um, we are second in total defense so far in the year, and the yards that we've given up is half of the yards that, that Alabama defense has given up. So they're, they're, they're right. They're ready for the picking, dude. They're, they're ready to go. We can destroy this defense if we have a cohesive game. And a uh, key to this success on Saturday for the Dogs is going to be, simply put, pressure on Matt Jones. No coverage bust on the back end. Listen, they're going to make big plays every now and then, but I don't want to see – uh, gaps in the field with people running wide open. If you get beat on a 50-50 ball, so be it. But make them drive down the field. Make them have to get first down after first down after first down, giving our defense a chance to get one of those turnovers. And I think we're going to put ourselves in a position to succeed. If they eat up some clock, that's fine. They're not going to run the ball, but it can't be 50-yard bomb, 60-yard bomb, Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith. It just can't be that way. It just can't be that way from a defensive perspective. Now, on the offensive side, what do you think it's going to take for us to not only beat Alabama, but I think we can break this defense's wheel if we can have our way on offense. What's it going to take from the dogs? Well, their secondary is proven to be absolutely weak. The run run defense is 
not much better. So, you know, if we can just stay aggressive and keep keep our keep our blocking schemes having success, you know, get our get our backs where they need to go, just keep moving the ball, controlling the clock. And then catching them on play action, hitting people like George Pickens if they key in on him. Uh Kyrus Jackson has been fantastic. Trey McKitty's gonna be a real threat and expect him to have a big game because it's a minute if you're watching the film, one thing is for certain. He loves to go over the middle of the field, okay? So tight ends are probably going to have some big numbers if Bama does not handle their business. Now, I know they have uh, their main middle linebacker back. I'm not sure who it was, but I'll tell you one thing. I definitely hate to be a middle linebacker for Alabama in this game. The the run game, the tight ends, like you said, trying to cover T.R.S. Jackson, if he runs behind you in the slot, it's going to be a nightmare for the middle linebacker for their defense in this game. And yeah, that's usually be. where their strength lies. And I think it's, it's going to be a big challenge. Yeah, okay, so we just got – exactly. Just all, we, all we got to do is attack that, keep it on their heels, and then I think our defense will kind of give us the control of the game to uh, – I guess I guess what I'm, say, what I'm trying to say is that once the defense gives us the lead – which I think that they ultimately will, then we can really play the kind of ball that we're wanting to play and that we've been playing with these other opponents when we dominate. So I think that's the, really the – we're trying to mount Bama <laughs> and then get them in the rear naked choke. You know, and to do that, we really have to get ahead. And then the defense just has to wear them out to where they can't get those big plays like they've been getting. And then we can just grind them out and just really just, you know, have another 50-run play game. That's That would be perfect. <laughs> so I think that is the goal. I don't know about uh, you, Keegan, about what your sense is from the Alabama fan base. I haven't heard a lot of the normal, you know, a lot of the normal pets. You know, I think they're a little bit worried, but at the same time, you know, they've been in this position before. They've been doubted as a team uh, before, like you said, that sleeping giant wakes up. So uh, I'm not really sure, but I think the lack of the chest pounding is a good sign for us Although we're still gonna to have to get it done on Saturday. Oh man, there's crickets over here. I haven't heard a single band. <laughs> I saw one guy take that back. I saw one dude on Facebook say, "Just in case any of you Georgia fans forgot, we won the last five. I'm like, no, no, we remember. <laughs> but this game, you better be shaking your boots. <laughs> so I feel good about it, man. Really, it's just gonna boil down to who gets it done on Saturday. I think this one's gonna be neck and neck, whether it's a defensive battle or, or a shootout. I, I truly do. It just feels like it's going to be one of those games. I hope it lives up to the hype, but I, all I hope is that the Georgia offense and the defense, the whole team, that they can look at this as a challenge, as a, a measuring stick. If you want to be the best, you have to beat the best, and, and it's as simple as that. And before before we let you go, Dog Nation, I wanted to end this one with, what is going to be some interesting predictions. I'm really interested in what you think is going to happen during this game, Keegan. What is your score prediction, and who is going to take this game on Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, excuse me? Well, the last two games have been decided by a total of 10 points in the favor of Alabama. I think Saturday night we get those 10 points back, 27-17, dogs on top. 27-17, so you're leaning a little bit more – uh, the defensive battle, and then it sounds like maybe somebody's going to take off at some point. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm going to go a little bit more offensive. Uh, I, I just think 
while we have a great defense, our only susceptible area is in that in that secondary. But I do think Alabama's defense has been so bad up to this point that it's not going to matter ultimately. I'm going 38-31. Dogs on top. Dog. Uh, Dog Nation, we cannot wait to get back to you guys because it's going to be it's going to be nothing short of a party if we catch this W. But at the same time, we got to remember, as big as this game is going to be, it's only going to be great if we have to beat Alabama again or we don't end up seeing them in the SEC championship game. Because at this point, for Dog Nation, a regular season game against Alabama, as great as it would be to bust their head in, it's not going to mean anything if we don't catch that chip at the end of the season, at least at SEC championship. Yeah, I agree with that. While this game is important and it would be a milestone on the outside, at the end of the day, it is just another game. And with this whole Kirby Smart era has been about and what I think the fans have been clamoring for is to get to a point where we're not talking about the B word and we're not shaking when we hear Bama. We're ready to play them because we know we got a really good shot at winning. And just to remind you guys, we got a really good shot at winning. So I hope everybody has fun, stay safe. Don't get any fights, especially with band fans. But if you got a fight, if you got a fight, win. Yeah. Win. <laughs> if you got a fight, win. <laughs> uh, dog Nation, we love you. Let's get ready for this victory, and let's let's see what this dog team's really about. Hey, that's right. Off the leash. As always, off the leash.